Well, it's kind of appropriate this morning, if you, as you turn to 2 Samuel chapter 21, that we're going to be on the subject of getting old this morning. So those of you that knew 6th grade Caleb, you might actually um, be able to relate to this message, but this morning we're going to talk about getting older, specifically here in 2 Samuel chapter 21, David, King David is getting older. And I've titled this morning's message, if you're taking notes, Is Anyone Exhausted? Is anyone exhausted? Is anyone weary? Is anyone tired this morning? Let's start in verse 15. 2 Samuel chapter 21, let's start in verse 15. It says, When the Philistines were at war again with Israel, David and his servants with him went down and fought against the Philistines, and David grew faint. If you have your pen, pencils, highlighters there at the end of verse 15, would you underline where it says, David grew faint. Verse 16, it says, Then Ishbi Benab, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Ibishai um, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for this moment, God, this time that we have to sit and to receive from you. Lord, to receive direction, to receive encouragement, to receive strength, to receive the words of life. And I pray right now that, God, our hearts, our minds, everything about us would be ready and open and receptive to how you would want to speak to us. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this morning. And, Lord, before we get into our, our, our study, God, we want to pray for all the things going on right now, even in this world. Lord, we pray for those who are close to us who might be sick, those who are struggling with, with COVID or maybe even in the hospital. We pray just for your hand, your healing hand, God, to be upon those who are struggling, Lord, in the area of sickness. And Father, even for just even beyond for what's going on in Afghanistan, Lord, for what's going on in our country. Father, for those families, God, of, of those Marines, Lord, who were killed this week, we pray for peace. We pray for comfort. And Father, as you instruct us in your word, Lord, regardless of how we feel or, or which way we go, Father, you tell us in, in your word that we're to pray for those who are in power. Lord, those who are in those positions. And so, Lord, we do pray even in the coming days and the coming weeks, Lord, we pray for those making decisions, Lord, that you would uh, get a hold of their minds, get a hold of their hearts, and Father, that you would direct our nation. Lord, there's so much chaos, and Lord, we pray for guidance. Lord, we pray that you would protect, and so, Lord, we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. COVID, Afghanistan, politics. Mass vaccine. Anyone exhausted? And, and anyone tired? Tired of the conversations? Tired of the arguing? Tired of seeing more and more bad news? This morning we're going to talk about being weary, being exhausted. I know some of you, I've talked to you, you know, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally spiritually some of us are drained some of us are tired and my prayer for us this morning as we get into God's word is that God would refresh us that God would take what's lacking in our life and that he would replenish us that he would freshen us this morning so here in our text that's exactly where David finds himself he finds himself exhausted in the middle of battle. 
he finds himself weary in the midst of war. We've read so many times in scriptures about Israel being in battle with the Philistines, right? As you go through 1 Samuel, as you go through 2 Samuel, one of the things you see is that there's this common enemy for Israel, the Philistines. And you always, we were constantly reading that the two sides, the two nations, the two people are coming together and they're battling. Here this morning in 2 Samuel chapter 1 or chapter 21, there's a specific battle between the two sides that I'd like to glean from. This particular battle happened in the later part of David's life. Obviously, after he was restored to the throne, after his battle with Absalom, he's somewhere between the age of 60 and 65 years old here. And as Scripture reveals to us later on, David is eventually going to die at the age of 70. So we're talking about the latter part of David's life. Now, battle, war, wasn't something that was new to David. Even before he was king, David was involved in battles. When David became king, David was involved in leading Israel in battles. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, Psalm 18 was written around the time when the Lord delivered David from the hand of Saul. And I want you guys to listen as David describes in Psalm 18 his body, specifically when it came to battle. In the NIV version, in Psalm 18, verse 32, it says, It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. Verse 34, He trains my hands for battle, and my arms can bend a bow of bronze. As David is writing Psalm 18, one of the things that's clear is that God had called this man to battles. The Lord had taken his feet and he'd strengthened them. The Lord had taken his hands and trained them. The Lord had taken his arms and given him the ability to battle. So for decades, David was physically fit for battle. But here in chapter 21, there's something different that happens to David during war. Something he had never experienced before. Specifically in battle. In this particular battle here in chapter 21, David gets tired. David gets weary. We're told that his body in the midst of battle begins to fail him. We're told that in the midst of war, David's body becomes exhausted. Would you take a look at verse 15 with me? It says in verse 15, When the Philistines were at war again with Israel, so another battle between Israel and the Philistines, it says David and his servants went with him, 65-year-old David, and they went down and they fought against the Philistines. And then notice the end of verse 15. It says, And David grew faint. In previous battles, when David was younger, this was not a problem. His feet were strengthened. His hands were trained. His arms were ready. And yet 65-year-old David is now at war. And his body's given out. It says that he grows faint. His body cooperated during the other battles. His body was coordinated during the other wars. But now this 65-year-old man, it's no longer the same. David grew faint. In the NIV, it says David became exhausted. If you're taking notes this morning, this word faint in the Hebrew, it literally means to fly away. To fly away. So you could say David's youth and David's strength have flown away. They're gone. 
They, they're, they're, they're like a bird. And now they're there in the air and they're making their way away from David. This image of David being exhausted and weary has got me thinking about growing old. I know most of us here this morning were, you know, most of you are in your late 20s, early 30s. Some of you might be pushing it late 30s, maybe 40, you know, and a few of you sprinkled in maybe a little bit older than that. But for the most part, the thought of being old isn't something most of us in here think about. Let's play a quick game this morning. Are you guys down? Quick game? Okay, so I heard while we were gone, we missed Friday night couples, um, couples night, and I heard you guys had a great time. I'm not going to lie, we have a security video right there on the stage. And so um, that night, Christy and I, while we were away, we actually, I actually peeked in for a few minutes, and I was watching you guys run across the room and everything else. Um, so I eavesdrop stalker. Okay, listen, no surprise, I once had a restraining order against me, right? So anyway, so doesn't shock you. So anyway, so let's play a quick game this morning. The game is called I'm So Old, blank, blank, blank. Real quick, would you take a moment and, and, and let's reflect on how old you are. I, I, I know you're like, I'm 29. I'm not really that old. But, but real quick, I mean, if you really think long and hard enough this morning, you probably will be able to fill in the blank. I'm so old, blank, fill in the blank. Real quick, okay? Think about it for a moment. What is there in your life that would signify I'm getting old or I'm getting older or I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tired? Is there anything that would signify you're getting older? I, I, I played the game by myself, okay? So, I have no friends, and so last night there I was, me and my and me and my iPad, and we I decided to play the game. So th this is what I wrote down for my getting old. I'm so old, I have three strings of hair that keep growing out of my ear. So I, I was thinking about this last time I went to the barber. The lady went and she plucked it. I was like, I, I, I was about to throw down with her. And I was looking for that dad on my baseball team. Like, where, where's he at? You know, the, you got my back, homie. But anyways, so thank God the couple little hairs that are growing out of my ear right now are white, so you guys can't see them. But I'm so old that I have three hairs growing out of my ear. How about this one? I'm so old, the ends of my eyebrows went missing about 10 years ago. So... I, I, I mean, every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, what happened? I remember when I used to go to the barber, there used to be some little hairs right here that they used to tell you, want me to clean those up? And I'm like, yeah, because it would give that nice little shape. And somehow, I only got about this much left. And anyway, so I'm so old, the ends of my eyebrows went missing about 10 years ago. And then this one really hit me. How many of you guys have ever had a gender reveal party for, for one of your children? Anybody here? Anybody ever have a gender reveal party? I'm so old, Christina and I never got to throw a gender reveal party for any of our children. <laughs> there was no such thing back then, you know? So anyways, that got me feeling... So every time one of you invites me to one of those, I'm like, I'm old. <laughs> they didn't even have these back then when Christina and I, or at least when we had Nate. So anyways, I'm so old. Now, here at Coastline, as I mentioned a moment ago, because we have many young families, many young people, most of you under the age of 40, most of you might not relate to a topic such as becoming old in age or becoming old physically. But I'm pretty sure that all of us, regardless of age, can relate to simply becoming exhausted in our everyday battles, right? And so part of what David's going through, some of us might say, I can't relate. But there is this part of what David's going through, the exhaustion, the weariness, being tired. Some of us might say, I can completely relate with that. I know exactly what that's like because for some of us, that's every single day. So every single day, some of us battle. We battle physical exhaustion. We battle mental exhaustion. We battle emotional exhaustion. 
We're exhausted from work. We're exhausted from raising a family. We're exhausted because of the responsibilities that some of us bear. We're exhausted because we drive the 405 freeway every single day around 4 p.m. We're exhausted by the amount of homework that some of us have. And, and school barely started this week, right? And so we're like, man, we are exhausted. No matter our age, we can relate to having our energy, let's go back to that Hebrew word for weary, for tired, for exhausted, we can relate with having our energy, in the Hebrew, fly away, right? We feel like, man, it's, it's, I, I'm trying to get a hold of it, but it, it seems like I'm, I'm trying to grasp it and it's not there. I'm trying to mount up some sort of energy, but it's no longer there, I'm tired. Now, if that happens to us physically, and it happens to us mentally, and if we can relate to being exhausted emotionally, I'm sure that every single one of us can also relate to being exhausted at times spiritually. Anybody here can relate with this? Being exhausted even spiritually. Now, before you tell me, how's that? What, what does that look like? The Bible actually mentions becoming exhausted or weary many times. Many times. In fact, this morning, if you're taking notes, I want to give you guys four instances where we might become weary spiritually. First, number one, if you're taking notes this morning, sometimes there's moments, there's seasons where we can become weary, tired as followers of Christ. You see, as followers of Christ, we can get weary running the race. We have some guys in here at Coastline who are preparing for a marathon. In fact, let me tell you guys a quick story about running and Coastline. So about two months ago, there's a few guys here that decided they were going to form a running group here at Coastline. And as the pastor of Coastline, nobody invited me. <laughs> I don't know if I was forgotten or not. I don't know if I was judged. I, I, well, whatever it was, for some reason, there was about eight guys here that decided to form a running group and go... And what, what, what was, and, and I'm not going to lie, I, 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 didn't, I don't really feel like I missed out on the running because I wouldn't have enjoyed it. But what they did do that I would have really enjoyed was they went out for burritos after. <laughs> so I'm like, even if you didn't invite me for the running, burrito's my name. Burrito's my weakness. I mean, I could have at least got an invite to the after party. But anyways, so... We have some guys here at Coastline who are training for a marathon. Let me get back on subject. Anthony, Richard, Eli, who were part of the eight, but I'm going to leave that alone. Three of the eight guys. And they're training for these big marathons. And so, you know, me being the fitness guy that I am, I, you know, that's what I talk about when I see them. You know, I'm like, hey, how'd your run go this morning? They're like, hey, how'd your uh, sauna time go? You know, anyway, so, I mean... You know, that, 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 that's my version. You know, I stretch in the sauna. So, I mean, I'm like, we're both athletes. We're both preparing, you know. Uh, they're preparing for a marathon. I'm preparing to get my buttons on Sunday to close. You know, I mean, we, we, every week we're all preparing for something, you know. So, so these guys, they're training for a marathon. And in talking to them, I'll be honest with you guys, in speaking with them, it gets exhausting just listening to their routine. You know, listening to them, you know, hey, you ran this, and, and, and they do this before church. How many guys struggle just to get here, you know, like, man, 10.30 is too early, you know, I mean, can, can, can we get a 12 o'clock service, you know, I mean, these guys run 19 miles before 10.30 service at church. I'm like, you psychos, you know, like, what, what? you guys are crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, we ran from Hawthorne to Marina Del Rey and back. And I'm like, and you didn't call an Uber? I mean, w w w what's going on here? In talking with these guys, one of the things they do mention, though, is that at the end of their run, they're exhausted. 
when they get back home, when they see the couch, when they hit their bed, it's exhausting. In the same way, some of us have been running this race for a while, and we simply might be weary, especially because we have to deal with the world on a daily basis. The same way that these guys are tired from 18 miles, some of us this morning are tired, are weary, we're exhausted from simply living in this world, from with all the things that we have going on. I mentioned at the beginning of my study this morning, some of us are too focused on other things that we're getting burned out. Some of us are too focused on masks. Some of us are too focused on vaccines. Some of us are so focused on politics, on finances. I know Christians that are focused on arguing with other Christians about things that are non-essential. And it's tiring for them and it's tiring for me listening to both sides. And now we're exhausted. Now we're tired. And when we're exhausted, let me say this this morning, there's a good chance that our eyes might be off of Jesus that they might not be fixed in the direction that they need to be fixed. We can overcome exhaustion. We can overcome weariness by placing our eyes back on Jesus. Now, let me say this this morning. I don't want to water down or minimize a lot of things going on in this world. I mean, I think we need to be informed. I think we need to have convictions about certain things. I, need to have, I, I believe that we need to have things that we, places that we stand, things we stand for. But is it possible this morning that we are arguing, that we're battling, that we are so focused on things that are non-essential to simply worshiping Jesus and loving Jesus? And we need to place our eyes back on him or the weariness will set in. You see, last time I checked, our hope is in Christ. Last time I checked, my help comes from the Lord. Listen to this verse. It's a verse that we all know. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 and 31. It says this in verse 30, Even youth shall grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on, eagle, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. But I want to go back to verse 31. It says, strength. Not allowing ourselves to become exhausted to the point of burnout. It comes from hope in the Lord. It says those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. This morning, feeling tired, feeling exhausted, feeling burned out on everything going on around, my prayer is that we would place our hope in the Lord. I, my, my prayer is that we would place our eyes back on Jesus. And so sometimes as followers of Christ, we can get weary running the race. And I want you guys to remember our strength, our hope, it comes from the Lord. Number two this morning, if you're taking notes real quickly, second thing I want to focus on about being weary, about being tired and exhausted. Number two, as Christians, we can become tired in doing good. As Christians, we can become tired in doing good. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, out of the NIV, it says, As for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Never tire of it. And yet some of us this morning, as brothers and sisters, as the text says, as Christians, there are moments where we become tired, not of good, but we become tired in doing good. Don't believe me. Have you ever read Psalm 73, the Psalm of Asaph? As, as Asaph was living this right life before God, 
as he was keeping his hands pure, as he was doing exactly as God had called them to, the writer, the author of Psalm 73, Asaph, he writes this psalm where he's watching the rest of the world, in, in a sense, not do good, do evil, feed themselves on every appetite of the flesh. And yet here he is trying to do good, trying to live right, trying to live for God, and he got tired in doing good because he's watching his own struggle, he's watching his own battle, and he's watching the world around him and them prosper and, and all the things that his flesh probably wants to do. He denies himself and yet he's watching everybody else indulge and he's thinking to himself, why am I continuing to do good? In fact, in Psalm 73, he says, have I kept my hands clean or pure in vain? Is it in vain that I do good? Is it, is it in vain that I do right before God? Some of us this morning, we might find ourselves in that same exact place as a Christian where we've become tired in doing good. Is it in vain? Is it worth it? especially if you're struggling and you're watching others who are living exact opposite of you seem to prosper. And I'll never forget the verse in Psalm 73 and verse 17 where he gets perspective. Where he says, man, for 16 verses, he says, this is the way I've been feeling. I'm getting tired and doing good. And then all of a sudden, in verse 17 of Psalm 73, he says, until I walked into the sanctuary of God and I understood their end. He says, I had my eyes off of Jesus, tired of doing good, weary, exhausted, and trying to please God until I went into the sanctuary of God. Until I went to church. Until things got back into perspective. And then he said, as I look at all those people, when I was in the sanctuary of God and got perspective, he says, I understood their end. He says, you've made them to step foot into slippery paths. He says, we don't realize what we're envious of. We're envious of, of a path that leads to death. We have an appetite for something that will kill us, that will destroy us. That will send us to hell. This morning, if you're tired in doing good, or maybe it might not even be with this world, maybe it might be within relationships that some of us are tired in doing good. Maybe some of us this morning are exhausted because you're the one that always has to say sorry. You're the one that always has to take the first step to reconciliation. You're the one that always has to, when you fill in the blank, some of us this morning, God's word says to you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Don't get tired in it. Don't get tired of it. Don't become exhausted doing good. Now, let me give you a third one this morning real quick, and some of you might be able to relate to this, but number three, as servants in a church, we can get weary in the ministry. As servants in a church, we can get weary in the ministry. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 in the ESV says this, and let us not grow weary of doing good. There it goes again. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let me say this this morning. Give me your eyes for a moment, church. Those of you who are serving, those of you who are tired in the serving, those of you who maybe feel like, man, is there any fruit in what I'm doing? According to Scripture here, it says, do not become weary. Do not become tired. Do not become exhausted of the good that you are doing in your serving. Because in due season, there's going to come a moment where we reap. 
There's going to come a moment, although there might not be fruit in front of you, visible fruit, tangible fruit that you can see, that you can put your hands on right now. There will be fruit. There will be a, a season of reaping. But listen, if we do not give up. Let me say this this morning. Continue to be faithful. Continue to be faithful. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, that you might be feeling burnt out in, continue to be faithful. Even if you see little or no fruit at all. Let me tell you why. Here at our church, some of you guys might not even realize this, but the mere your presence here, you being here right now, those of you who've jumped on board over the past few months, you guys are an answer to prayer. I mentioned um, when we were talking about Caleb earlier, we've been doing this for nine years. And there's been moments where it felt like, man, this church is going to take off. Like, man, this is good. And there have been other moments where, you know, I said to myself, and I'm sure some of the ones that have been here for nine years too, where we've said to ourselves, are we sure Randolph heard from God? Are, are, are we sure we're, we're supposed to plant a church? I mean, I mean, what are we doing? Because there's been moments where, man, you know, this, this plane is going. And there's been other moments where, why are we doing this? Where there's been little to no visible fruit in what we've been doing. I mentioned Caleb getting here two hours early to set up. Sometimes the set-up chairs were half of them. No one ever sat in them. And you think to yourself, is this worth it? Let me get back to you guys this morning. Those of you that have come these past few months and jumped on board and become part of our Coastline fam, you guys are an answer to prayer. You see, in a, in a sense, you guys are the promise of Galatians 6, 9. That if we don't grow weary in doing good, that if we don't grow weary in, in, in serving the Lord, that in due season, you see, we've held out that there would be a season of reaping. There would be a season of reaping if we didn't give up. And I'll make a confession to you guys this morning during COVID, I mean, I, I was pretty close to giving up. You know, right before um, COVID hit, I mean, we, we had a little bit of momentum when we were at the middle school. And then um, some of you guys know this, some of you guys don't know. But the Sunday before we shut down, or all churches shut down, we had about 35 families. I got invited to go back to our old church and um, you know our, our pastor there gave me the opportunity to go up and share with the church I mean they got 8,000 people so they can throw 100 our way so I mean so he's like you know go up share and we were there and we had a little booth and he said hey if any of you live closer to where coastline is I mean pray about going to their church and so we had 35 families scheduled for the first Sunday that COVID shut churches down. 35. And most of those families probably had husbands, wives, kids. I mean, so we're talking about we potentially, within a couple weeks, would have had an extra 100 to 150 visitors come our way at our church. We had open house, we had all this preparation, we had these videos we made, these flyers, and we were ready. We, we felt like, man, the Lord is finally giving us that little push, you know, that little nudge. And COVID happened. Or actually, it wasn't even COVID, it was 
it was the call from the school district saying, hey, this COVID thing is kind of getting serious. You know, I mean, I, I don't think you guys can um, have church here this week. And that was like on a Monday. We had 35 people, 35 families sign up the day before on Sunday. By Thursday, that's when all of a sudden it was like, hey, nobody's having church this Sunday. And then if you were like me, you know, you probably thought this was going to last a, a month or so. And then I remember even put on our website, you know, our open house, that, that was March, it was like March 15th, right? Somewhere around there. I remember put on our website in our first initial post, yes, our open houses have been rescheduled to May 15th. Yeah, right, you know, and in hindsight, <laughs> May 15th, I mean, I was being very generous there, wasn't I? I mean, you know, a year and a half later while we got our masks on stuff, I mean, that, 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 that was pretty generous. And during that season where we were setting up in my living room Sunday after Sunday, there were those thoughts like, why are we still doing this? Is it time? Because even if everything opens back up and this COVID thing stops, where are we going to go? We're a homeless church now. <laughs> I mean, the school district wants nothing to do with us anymore they're, they won't even let the kids in. They're not going to let a church back in. And, and there were all these thoughts. And then, even on top of that, we, it was like, man, we've come super far because we started in Venice. We went one city over to Culver, Playa Vista. Then we went to Hawthorne. That, that, that was already kind of pushing it from the initial, we're going to Venice thing. And then by September... Those 35 families are gone. Half the people who were coming before COVID, you know, some of them aren't around no more. And we're at a parking lot in Compton. Like, man, this is just, we are so, we are so far from what we even set out to do. You, you, know, you know what I mean? And the enemy started working there like, why are you even doing this? And then you're watching everybody in California move to everybody else, everywhere else, right? And like, everyone's going to Texas and Idaho and this place. And you're like, should I jump on board? I, I, I know some of you guys are thinking about that. Don't do it, by the way, okay? But we love you guys. We want you to stay. But you guys are the answer to prayer. You guys are visible fruit. And for some of us here, even within our leadership, the fact that you came and you made the decision to be a part of our, our church family here, some of you are the visible fruit that some of us needed to see so that we wouldn't give up. Because it, it, it did get tiring. And nine years of, of little fruit did get exhausting. And so this morning, if you're a Christian, if you're a tired Christian, if you're a weary Christian, if you're an exhausted Christian, if you're a Christian whose strength is flown away, let me give you a couple of uh, promises from Scripture. And this is going to be number four. As Christians, we have promises for our weariness. We have promises for our weariness. Would you write this verse down? Psalm 119, verse 28. In the NIV, it says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Those of you that are tired, those of you that are weary, exhausted, I'll tell you where to find refreshment. It's in the Word of God. And if you're looking to refill in other places, you're not going to find it. Strengthen me according to your Word. And then would you write this verse down? Jeremiah 31, verse 25. Jeremiah 31, 25 in the, in the ESV. It says, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. That, that, that's a promise from the Lord. That if your soul's weary, He'll satisfy it. That if your soul is languishing, he'll replenish it. This word languishing, it means to grow weak. It means to waste away. It means to be neglected. 
if your soul's been neglected lately, if it's been wasting away lately, the Lord will replenish it. He'll refill it. Or I love this word, he'll freshen it. He'll freshen our soul. So the soul that has been weak and are neglected spiritually, the Lord will replenish it. He will refreshen it. Well, let's move on quickly this morning. Verse 16. It says, Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giant, so he's a descendant of Goliath, it says, The weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. And so while in the midst of battle, while David's body is giving way, there's the son of the giant, descendant of Goliath. He sees David, and David is within reach here in verse 16. He's within reach. David's in battle, and there's an enemy who's coming close. You see, this is probably, in David's life, one of the most dangerous predicaments that David had found himself in. But the crazy thing is that David did not even know that he was in this predicament. You see, there's nothing here in Scripture that suggests David knew how close the enemy was. There's nothing to suggest here in the Scripture that David knew how close to death he was. And yet you have this giant or son of a giant here, this enemy in battle, and David is tired, weary, 65 years old, and he's close to being a casualty of war. It says this, this giant or son of a giant at the end of verse 16, he thought he could kill David. Nathan and I have been watching um, the Little League World Series. Anybody been watching Little League World Series? We've been watching Little League World Series, especially because um, the Torrance team uh, was in the Little League World Series. And Nathan and I, as we've been watching, we've been watching these teams come and face elimination. The way they do it in Little League World Series is it's double elimination. So um, you get two chances to lose. So when a team gets their first loss, every game after the first loss it's so crucial. Every game is intense, right? Because one more loss, one more loss in battle, one more loss in this game, and there is no next game. If you lose, it's over. It's the same thing with battle. There's no double elimination. There's the same thing with war. There's no best out of five, first to three wins. You see, if your body gives out, if your enemy gets close, you're a casualty. You die. And that's what almost happens to David here in verse 16. David also be, almost becomes a casualty. So how does David find out that he was in danger? Keep reading with me, verse 17. And we're going to finish here this morning. In verse 17 it says, But Aphidai... He came to David's aid. If you have your pen, pencil, highlight, or something, makes a line there in verse 17. Would you underline that phrase, came to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. So you have this young man in war. Most commentators believe this, this young man here in verse 17 is a nephew of David. And he comes to David's aid. And he strikes the Philistine, and he kills him. You guys can close your Bibles. We are almost done this morning, but there's a few thoughts that I want to leave you with as we head toward the finish line. I mentioned a moment ago, I kind of alluded to the possibility that David was unaware of the imminent danger. And the only thing that saved him Let's go back to our text here, verse 17, was someone came to his aid. Someone came to his aid. When David needed help, there was someone who helped. When David needed help, there was someone who aided him. Give me your eye for a moment, church. I believe that we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with people who will come to our aid 
who will see things that we don't see, who will recognize things when it comes to exhaustion or weariness that maybe we might not see ourselves. People around us who might recognize when the enemy's trying to attack even when we do not realize how close the enemy is. I personally believe David doesn't know how close he was to death. And yet someone came to his aid. That's why I believe verses like, and I know you guys know this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, where it talks about two being better than one. In verse 10 there of Ecclesiastes 4, it says, If either one of them falls, one can help the other. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Pity the person who, when they fall, there's no one to reach down and aid them. I want to encourage you this morning not to live your life on an island of Christianity, apart, away, off at a distance from other Christians. I would encourage you this morning to get close, make friends, build relationships, because pity is to the person who, when they fall, they have no one to help them up. They've never built any meaningful relationships where someone can come and say, hey, I recognize the enemy. I see you're getting tired. It looks like you're becoming exhausted in the battle. And then the last thought that I want to leave you guys with this morning at the end of verse 17, I know you guys aren't there anymore, but I want to read it to you guys. It says, then the men of David, David's, the men along his side, swore to David saying, you shall go out no more with us to battle. In a sense, David, you're old. David, that was a close one. David, you're 65 years old. War is no longer a place for you. And then they said, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. These friends and leaders were strong enough to have the hard conversation with David. David, you're too old for battle. But they didn't leave him there. Have you ever received encouragement from someone where it was like, wait, that was the word God gave? Like, hey, David, the Lord told me to tell you this. You're old. I mean, that's like, <laughs> that's it? I mean, is there, is, is, is there more? David, you are too old for battle, but you are not too old to still be valuable. David, you're too old for battle, but you're not too old to still be valuable. David, if something were to happen to you, it would quench the lamp of Israel. And this phrase, lamp of Israel, it speaks of the wisdom and knowledge that David had gained over the years. He was truly the lamp of Israel. He was their source of wisdom and guidance from the Lord. And the important lesson here for David to learn was, David, you are more valuable now for what you know than what you can do physically. And I'm sure that was hard for David to accept. I'm sure that was difficult for David to make that transition. I'm no longer a man of war, but I'm a man of wisdom. And let me leave you with this thought this morning. I believe that maybe some of us here are in a place where we're having to transition as well transition from one season to the next, from one phase to the next, from one version of you to the next. And the Lord, through this story of David, he might say to you this morning, it's okay, accept it. It's okay, accept it. And it might have nothing to do with age. It might not have, not have anything to do with your physical body, but there might be some sort of transition in your life where the Lord's saying to you, it's okay to transition away from the battlefield. It's okay to transition into being a lamp, into being a source of guidance and wisdom. It's okay to accept it. It's okay. As parents, you guys know, <laughs> Christy and I are, we're getting older, our kids are getting older. We're, 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 we're like that one song. Uh, we're getting older too. I mean, what is it? Um, 
What's the name of the, what's the, name of the group? The Landslide of Regret. Anyways, uh, you know. <laughs> Children get older, I'm getting older too. Okay, that, that, that song. And we're going through that same season of transitioning from, hey, they're not little. They're not babies. Not everyone wants to go on vacation together. <laughs> In some ways, they don't even need us because they got jobs. I mean, they have their own cars. I mean, I thought it was going to be so much fun when my kids got their own cars and I didn't have to drive them nowhere anymore. Or when they had their permits and I didn't have to take them out driving anymore. Oh my God, I'm, I'm begging now. Can we go on a ride together, please? Are you sure you don't want to drive my truck? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm like begging them now. Three months ago, I was like, Dad, can we go for a drive? No! Let me, you know, call your grandpa, you know, whatever, but... Anyways, transition and acceptance. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for just for this moment you've given to us to be able to sit and glean from this text. This text where David goes to battle, where David is older, where David becomes physically exhausted, and David has to transition out of the battlefield into a position of simply being a lamp, a guide, and where David has to accept it. And I pray this morning, Lord, that you would take these lessons. And God, that in the midst of these lessons, I pray that there was something for every single one of us. That, Lord, there was something every single one of us needed to hear. Lord, for those who are here this morning and they're tired, they're weary, they're burnt out, they're exhausted, I pray that you would replenish their, their weary soul. I pray that they would come to you. And Lord, that you, as their hope, as their strength, as their encouragement, would give them everything they need to continue to run and not grow weary. Father, for those who are becoming weary and doing good, I pray that they would heed your word and that they would continue to do good. Those who are serving and just tired and exhausted, whether because of the work or because whether the lack of fruit, I pray that you would remind them that they will reap a harvest if they, don't go, if they do not give up. And so, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the encouragement of your word. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, let's all stand. Listen, those of you who are tired this morning, those of you who are exhausted, do not give up. Those of you who are burnt out and weary, turn to the Lord and let Him replenish you. But do not give up. Do not give up. Do not call the Uber. Keep running. Do not call Uber. Keep running. That's the word of the Lord for the day, okay? All right, let's worship the Lord after we're done with this song. Um, we're going to have cupcakes over in the back. God bless you guys. I'm thankful to be back here with you guys.